These are Grindstaff Publishing audio files. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Grindstaff Publishing podcast. Um, today is December seventeenth, about eight, no, almost nine o'clock. This is the uh, the discussion to chapter seventeen, which is United Kingdom. Um, we last left off on an overnight bus um, from Amsterdam to London. So as you can imagine, the people uh, riding an overnight bus from Amsterdam are a very eclectic group, uh, myself very much included in that. And um, we left, and I thought it would be a very uneventful, just kind of, you know, it'd be dark, so I can't see anything, so I'm just going to, you know, lean against the window and go to sleep. What happened was, um, a few hours later, we got to, the, um, we got to uh, Calais, France, and uh, then we were next to the, the water, about to get on a ferry to go across. And there was a security checkpoint. And so the bus stopped, lights went on. A security guard came on the, the, the bus and kind of calmly, you know, politely said, okay, everyone needs to get off and just, just leave your stuff and just bring your uh, passport. So we all walked in kind of bleary-eyed and um, blinking a lot and stood in, stood in line and there were like three or four guards. And then... They were asking questions, and then once they were satisfied with the, with the answers, they'd stamp your passport and get to move on. Uh, once it was my turn, I got this security guard that was uh, not pleased with how I looked by any means, and was just kind of a dick. Uh, there's not much way, better way of putting it. He just totally judged me. He's like, oh, this this guy with like like long hair, you know, um, kind of ratty clothes, um, and a beanie is coming from on an overnight bus from Amsterdam to London. Like this guy has to be you know hiding something or doing something. And I was just tired. It was like three in the morning and I was just like, yeah, I mean, I was answering the questions. Started off simple, you know, why, you know, where are you going? You know, why are you going to London? You know, how are you get back to America? All this stuff. And he said it in this very rapid succession, trying to catch me off guard and see if I was slow or anything because um, of drugs or whatever. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I was stammer. Um, and so that, that kind of kicked in. And as soon as I get really nervous, it gets really bad. Um, and so... Uh, he just kept pushing, and um, I started stammering a little bit, and he got got more he got more into it, and then I got more anxious about how I was acting, and then and then uh, he stumped me because he said, okay, you're so you're you're going to London, and then where you're gonna go? I'm like, okay, well I'm gonna go to Copenhagen after that. Is your is your uh, is your airplane ticket bought? I'm like, no, not yet. And he's like, okay, and after that, and I was like, well, I'm on a, on a ferry to Iceland. He's like, is that is that bought? I'm like, um, yeah. So okay, you have a ticket for that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, and then you're going from um, Europe to home when? And I said, December 11th. And he said, do you have your ticket? And I said, yeah, of course. And then he tasked me to uh, pull it up. And I was like, I, I mean, it's in my email somewhere. He's like, well, we have time. Here's, the email, here's a Wi-Fi address and uh, go for it. And uh, so I was just standing right there. Um, everyone was watching me. Um, by this point, um, everyone on my bus had already gone through the checkpoints. So they were back in, in the, on the bus. And so it was me with a different load of people behind me now waiting. And I was so nervous and like, I was like, oh, I can't find this damn email. And like after probably, it felt like forever, but it's probably like five minutes. Um, but, but after so long, him just like watching me and just like looking at me weird. I finally found the damn ticket and I showed him. He's like, okay, you're great. 
and it stamped me and let me out, let me on the bus. And I was like, this is so, this felt so crazy. Um, but I was like, did it really, was it really that bad? Was it really that long? Who knows? We got on the bus, uh, probably like a half an hour later, we, we finally moved, loaded the gigantic ferry. Um, we all got off the bus, went to the top, did our own thing. Um, the sun, let's see, it wasn't quite coming up yet, but it was like a shimmer of a very early dusk. Um, you can kind of see a little bit, but not, not a whole lot. We went across, got into, um, onto the soil of the UK and then drove up. And I think we got to London, maybe like seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, it was a weekday and I got this, such a giddy feeling of being, it's, it's very similar to Paris, only more so because growing up, Paris was never on my list of places that, you know, I, I wanted to go super bad. I mean, it was like, you know, it's on everyone's, but you know, list to go, it's Paris, but it wasn't like a place where I was like, Oh my God, this, and oh my God, that, that. But London, since I was a little kid, was like always like this place. It's like this magical place. Like, oh man, I, like Big Ben and all this stuff and the accents and the black cabs and all that stuff about London was such a cool thing. And uh, when I finally got there and got dropped off, uh, it was just it mind blowing. Just, just so crazy cool. And um, so I was there, and I, uh, I was like, okay, what, what should I do first in this new t- this new city, this new country? I have to get tea. And uh, so with like gray clouds and black cabs buzzing around here and there, I was like, okay, well, let's get some tea. And so I, I went to this pretty typical, you know, cafe. I got I got um, Earl Grey tea with milk for the first time ever. I've never taken the milk with my tea. It was okay. And I just sat, I just sat against, uh, um, you know, at a window seat with a tea. And I had like a little like little breakfast sandwich. And I was just watching the people go by. And I was like, this is, this is great. Like, it's very, very mellow. I instantly went into, like, the whole, like, oh, I, I, could, I could live here. I, I could be living here right now. Uh, it's very comfortable. Um, the next stop um, was Buckingham Palace. Um, so I went there. Um, throngs of people just hanging out, doing nothing. And I, and I kind of make it a joke in the book, but uh, I kind of, whenever I'm at, like, a really tourist-heavy place, I always talk about the, the, high, the high white socks and the fanny packs. And, the, and that's totally true. That it, You see it everywhere. Uh, mostly American people, um, but it was great to be next to uh, next to Buckingham Palace. You know, nothing happened. I mean, it wasn't like oh, they're the royals. It's like no, just people just being there, and it's such a famous spot, and it was just beautiful. Um, then I, I turned around and kind of wandered around a little bit, Buckingham Palace, and then I saw through, the, through these trees, I saw a little glimpse of Big Ben. I was like, oh man, my heart started racing like it did whenever I saw like, a, a super historical site. Um, I I went real quick through this big park along the Princess Diana walkway, and that was kind of cool, you know, uh, uh, along the walkway, there's little plaques about her, um, and then I popped out, and then um, I went to, uh, let's see, I went to Westminster Abbey, um, and then, let's see, and strangely, there there's a statue of Abraham Lincoln, that really threw me off, I was like, really, why is he here, what, what's he doing here, but I mean, he's, you know, makes, he's a very good, very, very good president, a lot for the, our country, and a lot, I mean, for the world, so, I mean, because it shouldn't have been surprised. But I was like, oh, why is Abraham Lincoln here? Um, just gazed at uh, Westminster Abbey, um, saw Big Ben, saw Parliament, uh, went across the bridge and then um, uh, had uh, had lunch underneath the London Eye, um, saw the Shard for the first time, and that blew me away. I don't know what that, I don't know what was about that. Maybe it's because London, in my mind, has always been like this, like, you know, like this, this old thing, like this, this, you know, Westminster Abbey and, you know, just like that stone, I guess. And then I remember very vividly, 
Um, never. I mean, I, I think I heard about this, this shard a few times, but not really, never really thought about it. And then when I was having lunch underneath the London Eye, I was like looking around at the skyline. I was like, what the hell is that thing? And I was just like, this is amazing. This is such a cool building. Like this, this, this sharp, you know, all glass structure. Um, and then I, I kind of just crossed the bridges. I did London Bridge. I did, um, I did, let's see, what else did I do? What's that big bridge called? The Tower Bridge? London Bridge? Tower Bridge? Um, and then went over to uh, the the castle um, and just kind of wandered around here and there. There, you know, like like always, there wasn't a huge like itinerary. I just went and wandered around. Went through the, the financial district and was really was really amazed at how the juxtaposition juxtaposition between the old and the new, which is such a thing that Europe is known for. You know, the UK had it too, where it's like, oh, here's some old old stone mixed with this brand new chic you know architecture, and it's such a cool thing to see that. Um, I got to my hostel finally after a long walk. It was a long long walk, but um, for reference, I can't remember what the, the little area was called, but we were pretty close to Abbey Road, the the crosswalk, um, and some hostels that was up there. It's it's pretty cool, you know, really big hostel. Um, it had a very communal feel feel to it, very very like you know people talking, people laughing, people having a nice nice time there. And um, I got there kind of late at night, and then I went across and found a little market and got bought a really expensive sandwich, a really expensive, um, like, you know, I was kind of juice or whatever. I was like, oh, my God, this is – because before that, before getting to your, uh, the, U- the U.K., people had told me how expensive um, relative um, to anywhere else that I, I had been in Europe, how expensive London and the U.K. in general was. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I, I went to Scandinavia. It can't be worse than that. But it was like, oh man, this is this hurts. Like it hurts to get a whole little sandwich or something. I was like, oh my god. Um, and then so, got my sandwich. Went back to the hostel. I walked in the kitchen to get something, and there is this like this French guy, this French backpacker, very hippie, just eating raw hamburger out of the package. And I was like, oh my god, this is the kind of things you see where it's like, damn, dude, what the hell? What are you doing? And he's like, oh man, it's really good. Like you know, I I I buy high high grade um high grade hamburger so that way you know it, it it's it's good beef and everything so it, it, it's not not it's not bad for you it's like yeah i don't know about that man but you know teach their own so he can he did he, he did what he wanted to do i i ate my overpriced sandwich and we all had a good time the next morning i woke up uh beautiful 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 day um not what i was expecting at all from london just is blue skies wonderful um i i didn't really know where to go that's what my only real full day in london and in the UK in general, so I went to uh, to Regent's Park, um, big old hill that overlooked onto the big old hill that looked onto um, the skyline of London, uh, and just really blew me away. Um, but more importantly, it was just amazing to see so many like just families and kids and just everyone being really happy and. Having a having a great time like any any anybody does in, in a park around the world, um, and it kind of got that home feeling in me. And and ever ever since buying the uh, the ferry ticket in Paris, back you know back to uh, back to Iceland, it really was like this finality. It was uh, you know I I knew that there was a time a, a, a specific time that I had to be in this one spot. And, and once I was in that one spot, it would take me to this next spot. And then when I got there, that would take me to the final spot. And then, then there was a, de- a definite um, plane ride home. So it was, 
it kind of surrounded everything that I was doing then. It was, uh, you know, London was all about home. You know, that they, they, they were speaking in their English accents, but it was still English. It wasn't a translation thing. And coming from France um, and, and Belgium and the Netherlands, all, all those countries are, are very, very proud of their language. And so they, they speak that language. And so whereas Scandinavia speaks a lot of, you know, English first, then they speak their languages too. It's like, it wasn't like that in, you know, those, those countries. And so to get to England um, and then hear English and see English and read English was welcomed, but it was also kind of like, oh man, like I'm getting closer to home. Um, let's see, I went down, I went down from this big old hill, saw that these, these really cool, um, houses went into this, um, I think it's called the Queens garden or something like that off of Regent's park. Um, oh, and then before that I went to Abbey road and that was funny because like, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, but growing up, I, I had the, the Abbey road cover as a poster on my wall. So I had seen those four guys walk across that crosswalk, you know, for years and um, so when I got there, I was like, oh, man, it's just, it's just a damn crosswalk. It's nothing special. Um, and that's what it was. Like, I, I mean, I, I was, it was busy, and so I, I walked across it, and I walked back, and I was like, nah, cool. And then I went to Regis Park. Uh, coming down from Regis Park and after the garden, uh, I popped really close to, um, down to Baker Street. Um, the Sherlock Holmes Museum is there at 221B Baker Street. Um, and, I, and I grew up a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, huge Sherlock Holmes fan. And, uh, and it kept just kind of sticking with me and, and growing with me. And I, I, just, I love it. Um, all the movies, everything about it. The, the stories, I, I have like the, the, the big canon of them. Um, it's, just, it, it's just all, I love Sherlock Holmes and that. And that might also might be why I, you know, it was so much fun to be walking around London. And so I paid the, you know, pretty expensive fee to get into the museum. And I was super excited to be there. Um, but <laughs> once I was like, walking around, it, it just... Is never really fully hit me, or maybe it was because I didn't want it to fully hit me that Sherlock Holmes was isn't real. He was never alive. There's 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 no person named that um, that that solved crimes or anything. So the entire thing was just made up. And so there were like wax figures, um, and it didn't matter. Like there were there were like wax figures like posing different different famous like uh, mysteries that he solved. There's a lot of wax figures and like you know like dress up clothing on stuff and I thought it was great. I thought it was really fun. Um Alex thinks is is still ridiculous that I, I that I went there and I didn't go to Versailles or whatever. Um but I was like that's fun. Like I mean I, I I walked in there and I turned I totally turned off my adult brain and went instantly to being like a junior high student being like, oh man, Sherlock Holmes is so cool. Not only is he smart, he's all strong and brave. And so it was fantastic. I mean was was it, was it expensive? Yes. You know, did it fulfill like some some deep thing in me? No. But it was fun. And, you know, sometimes museums, you know, not, not all museums have to be like the Louvre or, you know, the Holocaust museums or that kind of thing. Like sometimes you have to have, you can have fun with it. And um, I was in London. I wanted to do it. Um, let's see. Next, I got, I got to buy teat somewhere um, and then went to Tra- Tra- Trafalgar Square and just kind of took in that scene. Um, it's just kind of like the, I mean, in very loose terms, like this very much like this, this big, you know, big city center and it's all, all of that stuff. And, um, I, I kind of got more homesick. And so I, I ducked into, a uh, a, a, a cinema and then I saw, um, uh, jobs. So the, the Michael Fassbender, uh, Steve jobs biopic. And it was great. I, I it, it was just so much fun to watch a movie and it hadn't been since, um, Spain, I think since Barcelona that I watched a movie in a cinema 
and Europe. And so it was so much fun just to be like, oh yeah, this is like, this is great. It feels like home. Like, and look, looking back now and like reading what I wrote, it's just so much like that, that reaching for home and reaching the, and the kind of embracing that finality. Um, I was really, just really into that. I spent the night, like the, the rest of the day kind of wandering around, taking it in, you know, walked a lot around, like along the Thames and just saw random statues and buildings and just did my normal thing, took a lot of pictures and it was just gorgeous. Saw a lot, a lot of tugboats and bridges and stuff. Um, after, after a full day of walking around and just really enjoying myself and just kind of feeling that homesickness, I back, I got back to the hostel and it, <laughs> it's just funny. Um, this is how the universe works. Um, but I got to the hostel after this day of kind of like, you know, reaching for that home feeling and they were showing Christmas movies. And so the movie that they chose was home alone. So I watched uh, home alone with a, with a, a probably 30 people. And it didn't matter where anyone was from. It didn't matter where you were from. Um, there's something about those Christmas movies and that one in particular that, you know, takes you back to your nostalgia, takes you back to your family and, what, you know, what they're doing, what you're doing, how it all connects. And um, it was just wonderful. It was nice to sit there. I was like, kind of jotting in my, my journal, half watching, just half just dreaming about home and my family and, you know, all, all this stuff. And it was, it was just great. It was just, it, it was so nice and so warm and it was just something very nice to watch a family movie about Christmas time with people you didn't know. They no one was talking to one another. It was just this very peaceful thing. So I went to bed that night, really, really happy, really warm, and just was thankful that I was, I was where I was. I was thankful that my, my family supported me. Um, I was going to see them very soon and that I would be home for Christmas. So it was, it was just a really nice way to end that day and really end you know, London. The next morning I, I, I woke up really early, you know, I woke up squirrely and feeling good and, um, okay, got a bus to catch bus goes to the airport, airport goes to Copenhagen. And so I felt confident. I felt strong. I was like, man, I got this. Like I got, I bought my bus ticket from the, 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 the front desk. It's like, yeah, man, I went and get some breakfast, some coffee, got to the spot. It's like, man, man, this is it. I'm feeling good, feeling solid. Like those days of Copenhagen are so far behind me. I'm, I'm a seasoned traveler and I've been doing this for two and a half months. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. Then the, the time comes and there's no bus. I'm like, ah, no, this is starting to feel like Copenhagen again. And then from a block away, I see my bus pull up. It has the, uh, the airport on the, the reader. And then the guy looks at me, looks down and then pulls away as I run towards him. And I stop and I was like, damn it, it happened again. And so not panicking not freaking out. I went back to my hostel, got the next bus, uh, next bus going, came, went back down, said in that spot and then got on the bus and took off. So it was like solid, man. Did I miss a bus? Yeah, I did, unfortunately. But did I, did I panic and just like, did I not panic and just get it done? Did it. So the bus was fun or the, the coach or whatever. I, you know, kind of took us around like the more like the suburbs of London, which is nice because it is something that I, I, I mean, I never really care. I didn't think I need, I wanted to see but it was nice to see it. You know, people live there. People live in those big giant cities and they, people live on the suburbs and it was nice to see it. We got to the, um, got to the, uh, the airport, um, checking or going through traveling or security was really easy. Um, I got in there, I was waiting. Uh, I, I remember like this, like this really cool dog being, being hanging out there. This big German shepherd dog was like on a leash and like, like walking around the airport. That's kind of weird. Um, I went and kind of searched things that I thought I would like look for, like the souvenirs and stuff. I was like, eh. 
and then I just kind of just relaxed and I'm um, just like I just watched people and just took the took the vibe in. Um, really, really enjoyed seeing you know reading English, hearing English. It was, was kind of nice. Um, then I got on my sixteen dollar flight. Yes, sixteen dollars um, flight to Copenhagen. It was cool because I I did this little 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 video on my phone of us taking off and then going. It was wonderful. People, the people next to me were all really cool. They were all middle aged people. They were like super super stoked for me doing my trip. Um, and we just a really nice flight. Um, we got to Copenhagen. I don't know, really early afternoon, maybe like two or one or something like something like that. Took a shuttle down. I'm sorry, the train down to the central central station area, the, the main market area. Got out, and it was so weird because it was this, again this family thing, this like reflection time. It was all about that. And so like the minute I got to that station that I recognized, and I got off that train, I was like. Boom, right back to when Michael and I, or sorry, Reed and I, um, stepped off that train in Copenhagen those months ago, two months ago, and it just hit real hard. And I was like, man, I'm just like sad, but happy at the same time. Like I thought about, you know, all, all the stuff that I had seen and how, how important it was for me to have Reed there for the first two weeks and see that stuff. Then we got to Copenhagen and then like the, the passing of the baton. And now in a weird way, I pass the baton to my, you know, my next self that I get there. I'm like, man, I've seen some shit. Like I've seen some stuff in Europe and it was so strange to be back in a city that I've already been, but that, that I don't think that had happened yet. I'm trying to think. I, I, I circled back into Austria, but I went from Vienna to Eastern Europe and back to Salzburg. So I don't think I ever went to a city I had been in before. I don't think so. Um, so it's just so weird to, to walk around. And, oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. I know. I know where I'm going. Like, I'm not. I'm not just like a complete tourist. I'm like a half tourist. Like I've been here before, and um, I kind of just spent time walking around, seeing the same sights that Reed and I had seen. It was. It was, it was nice. It was, it was cool to be back there, but it had this like this literal overcast of gray clouds, but also this overcast of like, man, I've been here before. This isn't new. This is such a weird feeling. Um, and it just made me want to get to the next spot faster. Um, so I got back to my hostel. It was a different hostel than uh, one, one Reed and I stayed at. It was a super nice, very Scandinavian-looking hostel. Um, fireplace, Christmas tree, you know, people were very very nice. It was hanging out, very relaxing. Um, that night I, I got, uh, I went to this, um, I think it was like an Indian place or maybe a Turkish place or something like that. It had a, a really good food and this, it was like, it was like almost like subterranean um, so you like, you walk down into it. Um, it had like all these pillows around and these big couches and stuff. And it was very laid, laid back and it's kind of like a college spot. And that was really cool to be around people, people that were young and like vibrant. Um, and I went back to the hostel and just kind of sat next to the fireplace and drank a beer and was just, just really is at ease. And it just felt, you know, like that trepidation or not trepidation, but just like that, that strange feeling of being there before, but then being in this new hostel and just all the Scandinavian vibes, and just was like, man, I, I got this. Like the next, the next day, I was gonna go north in, in Copenhagen because I was gonna go to um, Aarhus, which is on the, the very northern tip of Denmark. Um, and from there, I would take a ferry, um, a two-day ferry, um, to the east of Iceland. Um, so it wasn't like the adventure was over. It wasn't like tomorrow I'll be getting on an airplane and be done. It was like this. This, the, it was almost like it's like I'm going, I'm getting into the, this pure Scandinavian state. Um, after this little brief sojourn into uh, you know the UK, 
So now I'm like in the Scandinavian hostel in a Scandinavian country. And like the only thing I'll see until I get home is Scandinavia. And um, it's warm and just, just this beautiful thing. And on the next day, um, it was just pissing rain, super hard rain. And um, I just took trains, like three trains up to the tip of um, Denmark. And there are, there's Aarhus. And there is a hell of a storm, raging storm, that messed the plans all up. So that's in the next chapter. Um, we're getting close, guys. We're getting really close to finishing this sucker. I come that when I publish this guy on Friday morning. No, that's tomorrow. Uh, Saturday morning. Let's see. Today's Thursday. Um, so let's see. So I just edited, finished editing, uh, chapter chapter 17's um, audiobook chapter. So that'll come out tomorrow, which is the 18th of November. Um, then this will come out uh, Saturday. And then I, I will record the Denmark Part 2 chapter tomorrow, and that'll come out on probably Sunday. And then I might be down for a couple days for some family medical stuff. And then I'll be uh, back at it hopefully Tuesday or so. Um, so this hellacious schedule I, I made for myself um, is working. It's getting getting done, but um, hopefully the quality is still good, and hopefully everything's good on on everyone's end. Um, I'm definitely feeling tired, feeling this feeling the strain. Um, it's weird because with with writing, um, like writing the actual book, it's so interesting because I can just start whenever I want to. There's no preparation. They're just kind of like get pumped up and then do it. But with audio, there is kind of this uh, preparation, which I never thought would happen or I would need. And that you got to warm your tongue up and you can't and you have to have like certain liquids like water is the best, obviously. But, you know, I found for me personally, which I don't know if this is everybody or just me, very sugary drinks, um, Gatorade for sure. Oh, man, bad, bad, bad. Definitely can't record it for that. Um, a lot of water. Like tonight I had tea, so I'm kind of more relaxed and my, my voice is a little deeper, I guess. So that's kind of cool. Um yeah, I, I, I never would have thought that recording audio like this um, would be such a, like, not, it's, it's a bit more high maintenance than I was anticipating, but not a bad way. I think it's really cool. I think this, this whole new medium that I've kind of gotten into is really fun. And with this episode, when it gets published on a Saturday, will be 40, um, 40 episodes of the podcast um, since September 15th. So in what, October, November, December, so three months, three months I've done 40 episodes, that's pretty cool, um, I'm definitely not like a true podcaster in the sense, like this is a, this is kind of a weird hybridization of a podcast, audiobook, writing tool, um, but people are listening to it, um, I'm still loving the Irish person, or people, or whatever, um, that's amazing, um, I'm very proud of my, my Irish heritage, so it's really cool to see that, that that's one of the top listening places. Um, but anyway, uh, rambling on. Thank you so much for getting this far. If you have, um, be more to come. Um, I was thinking about it earlier, like what's going to happen once this audiobook uh, is done. Um, I guess I'll do, I'll probably do a couple like true podcasts, you know, like things. And then, um, pretty quickly, I, I, I want to do my next book, which is chasing the Kingfish an audiobook. And that's just a cool book. I, I, it's really fun. I think it's a much better book than this one because um, it is the second one. So Room to Room has a very special place in my heart because it's the first one, such a personal, in-depth you know, look at who I am as a person and what made me. 
And the next book, you know, Chasing the Kingfish is such a fun, you know, more of a romp, like adventure story. So anyway, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you've gotten this far, uh, you're a trooper. Um, I'll talk to you later. Thank you.